الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ادع إلى سبيل ربك بالحكمة والموئذة الحسنة وجادلهم بالتي هي أحسن إن ربك هو عالم ممن ضل أن سبيله وهو عالم بالمهتدين صدق الله العلي العظيم مالي رسبكتد most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for once again enabling us with this unique, memorable opportunity to remember Him, to glorify Him, to praise Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray that Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future, insha'Allah ta'ala. Before we begin, I'd humbly like to request some of the, our brothers who are scattered towards the middle and towards the end of the, uh, the hall to do, please come forward. Don't be, don't be afraid. Please, please stand up and come forward. You know, I, I, I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. The Prophet sallallahu spoke so glowingly in favor of standing in the foremost or sitting in the foremost front saf that uh, he's, he, he informed the companions that if you truly knew of the reward and the blessing of sitting in the foremost saf, you would fight with one another in order to attain that reward. So I don't want you to leave from here without attaining that particular reward for indeed you are here first, why give the opportunity uh, to somebody else? It's not exactly if someone was handing out 50 pound notes to you as you were coming in and you, you wouldn't be saying, no, 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 let that brother take it. I'm fine. I don't need anything. Uh, you see, we could all do with a little bit more reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, so please uh, do not mind when I say that. Today, I was actually going to follow on from my khutbah last week. And last week we spoke about the importance and the obligation of marriage in Islam. And we spoke about how uh, marriage is um, not only a societal concept, but uh, it's a familial responsibility in order to continue that, um, uh, the legacy of the family, the importance of the family can never be understated. We spoke about how uh, the Prophet ﷺ informed us quite explicitly that marriage is a part of his sunnah. And he, he who deviates from his sunnah is not a part of his ummah. So it's imperative that we understand the obligation. And we spoke about how it's important uh, and nowadays in, in the society, in the day and age that we live in, it's becoming more and more uncommon for people to get married um, and people are leaving it too late. What are the dangers of that? Today I actually wanted to talk about um, following up from that maintenance of marriage. For those individuals who are already married, how can we attempt to stay married and stay in a happy, loving relationship like the uh, relationships of the Prophet ﷺ. Because we've got ample amount of evidence in order for us to, um, to follow uh, and in order for us to, to seek solace in. The Prophet ﷺ's relationship with his wives was, was amazing. And there's, there's so many things that we can learn from that. Uh, I wanted to talk about the... the the subject of divorce and how divorce is becoming more and more, more and more common. More than half of marriages taking place in Britain and in, in America end up in, in divorce. More than half of them. So, uh, you know, it's more likely that you're, go that you're going to get divorced than you are going to get married. 
So it's in, uh, that's something that I wanted to discuss. But I've, because I realized a few days ago that it is actually the half term and we're going to have a lot of young uh, brothers and sisters here, people who are in schools, people who are active on social media, people who are um, active in their daily lives. I, I felt like I can reserve this aspect of the khutbah, the ones, the advice for the ones who are all married, already married like you and I, I can reserve that for next week inshaAllah ta'ala. So today I want to discuss something which, um, which not only as young people, but even those who are slightly elder, uh, even those who are elderly, are engaging in and trying to get the, uh, the formula right, trying to get used to the new technology um, that we have at our fingertips. You know, uh, this type of technology that, technology that is continuing to evolve. You know, uh, if we were used to technology five years ago, even five years ago, forget 20 years ago, five years ago, then in another five years time, that technology is going to become ancient. Eh? It's going to become like an antique. Remember when the first mobile phones came out? And, and, and they, they, were, they were about this size, and people would carry them in their briefcases, right? Not even briefcases, you need a suitcase to carry that thing. Yeah? You see, that's ancient now, isn't it? I, 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 I was, um, my, my brother uh, on, uh, over WhatsApp, he sent me a, a link. And I clicked on the link and it was a link for one of those phones. Uh, someone was selling it on eBay and he, was, he found this quite hilarious because he heard my khutbah once talking about those big old phones. So he sent me that link and I, I clicked on the link and it went to this eBay page. Uh, and uh, it was a page selling that mobile phone and it was costing something like seven or eight hundred pounds to buy that phone. You know. I, I'm sure it didn't cost that much at the time as it does now. Why? Because usually you know, uh, antiques are, 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 are valued more. And, and we're talking about antiques and it's only what, 30 years ago? Those phones came out in the 90s, I think, early 90s, late 80s, sort of, we had those, uh, those, uh, those phones. And now, then it became smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, the idea was to make them as small as we possibly can. And we had those tiny phones which were about this big. Then it became about making them uh, uh, thinner. And we had phones which were this thin. And then when it came to the Apple and the Android phones, and then it was about screens and screens and making them bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger as we go along. So, technology is constantly evolving. And um, even as Muslims, we're encouraged to partake in that in terms of know your society around you. Know the day and age that you live in. The Prophet ﷺ in Medina, he understood the time that he lived in. And one great example that we can take from the life of the Prophet ﷺ, which will give us some sort of an understanding of how the Prophet ﷺ uh, dealt with, it, with matters, how the Prophet ﷺ brought about changes, how he imbued himself within the society and the community and the day and age that he was sent to and that he lived in with an eye on the future, knowing that I've been sent for all of mankind, all of people. So not only those people who live in my time, the people who, who will come thousands of years after me, they're going to follow me. So he had to take all of those matters into consideration. And he had to live his life in accordance with that so that the people of his time would understand him and so that the people who came afterwards would have some sort of understanding and learn from the Prophet ﷺ's life. 
One great example can be taken from the, uh, uh, the, the, the battle of the trench when the mushrikeen in Mecca hell-bent on, on wiping out Islam and killing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa uh, killing the Prophet and the Muslims once and for all, wiping this religion off the face of the earth. And they had already tried before and failed in, in Badr and at Uhud. And they decided to come again. And this time they came with more fervor, with more people, with more warriors, with more artillery. And this time, the, the, when the Prophet وسلم, he spoke to his companions, he said, what shall we do now? We've defended our territory, territory twice already. What shall we do this time? He said, this time is too much for us to defend against. And somebody came up with a suggestion, and it was Salman al-Farsi. Salman, who spent his life in Persia, the Persian. He said, look, when, when people would attack us, and if they had large armies, large numbers, and we were in small number, then to, in order to defend ourselves around our village, or around our towns and our cities, we would dig a, trin- a trench which, be, which would be wide enough that they won't be able to cross it and deep enough that they won't be able to come straight under it, straight through it. So they began digging this trench. The Prophet ﷺ took that advice on board. And he said, look, let's, let's apply that here. And he did. So this shows that the Prophet ﷺ was constantly in evolving. The Prophet ﷺ was taking... Um, new techniques and applying them when he felt that they were necessary. So that's exactly the same way we should see these new technologies evolving. And we see these new gadgets coming out, we should utilize them to the best of our abilities for the things that are correct. Right? Utilize them like the Prophet wasallam utilized those uh, in, in his time. That's why it's imperative that, I, that we, we discuss and we talk about some uh, of the um, our social media activity and how we should utilize this platform that we have because it's a powerful tool it's a powerful platform and I'm going to discuss that as well so today the khutbah is titled the good social media the good the bad and the ugly um, before we talk about the good I just wanted to to give you some sort of an understanding of how our dialogue and our communication at once upon a time used to be. There was a time when people would sit down and they would speak with one another. They would talk, their mouths would move. They would see the expressions on the other person's face. How often does it happen when you send a text message to someone and they take it the wrong way? Or it's not understood the way you meant it? Because some things just get lost in translations. translation. Facial expressions don't. Tone doesn't. So if I'm talking to you face to face and I'm saying something to you, you can gouge, you can understand from my facial expressions, from my tone, from my body language, how I'm feeling at that moment in time. And, and this is something, this personal contact, it's something that can never be replaced. Never. You see, if you're ever suffering and I decide to give you a call or drop you a text message and say, get well soon, hope you feel better. Fine, you're going to appreciate that. This person remembered me. And you're going to be happy with that. But if I came over to visit you, and I sat down with you, and I said, Salaamu Alaikum brother, how are you? How are you feeling? Aren't you going to feel so much better 
You don't think, subhanAllah, this individual, he traveled to come and visit me. And, and he's, he's obviously showing his care and his affection for me. Our relationship is going to strengthen, isn't it? Naturally, it's going to strengthen. And if we all had that mindset, what an amazing community and an environment that we would live in where people were constantly taking care of each other. This is the environment we used to live in. This is the environment that the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to live in. There were times when people would sit down, assess their thoughts, write letters to one another, take out time in order to, for those individuals who were further away. Effort went in to put those words onto paper. It made people feel loved and feel wanted. Nowadays, it's as easy as sending a text message. There used to be a time when the television, TV, had four channels. Four channels. And then it became five channels. That's it. And, and people, uh, you know, would, would, would watch those, those shows when they came on at those times. They weren't able to record and delete and, you know, fast forward and rewind. They weren't able to do any of that. Now, you can't even count the numbers of channels that you have on your television screens. You can watch television anywhere. You can, tele- you can watch it on your, 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 your phones. You can watch it on your tablets. You can watch it in your cars, at your workplace, wherever you may be. You'll find something to watch. I remember a time when uh, in order for us to communicate, and, and some of you uh, might understand this or, or know of this. When I was young, I remember our, we had our relatives, uh, my, my grandparents who were in Pakistan, who were in Kashmir at the time. And my, my father and my mother, they would get all of us brothers and sisters to sit down in a room. And there would be a, this huge, massive cassette player. And my father would press record on one of those and put a tape inside and press record. And then we would, he would talk to the cassette player. Say, Salaamu Alaikum to his mother and his father, our grandparents and his brothers and sisters. How are you? How's this person? How's that person? Now this person is going to talk to you. Then they would call somebody and say, you come forward and talk to them. I remember my father saying to me, say salam to your, to your grandparents. And I'm, look, I'm staring at, at this cassette player. And I'm saying, say salam to my grandparents. He said, yeah, say salam, it's going to be recorded and they're going to, they're going to listen to it there. So I said, salamu alaikum, how are you, how's this and how's that? And I remember my father giving that, that cassette to somebody who was traveling there uh, the next day. And he passed it over to my grandparents. And I remember at times when the cassette players would come back and we would listen to them and sit down and hear the voices of those people who, some of them we had never met. But they were our close family and relatives. And that personal connection that we felt at the time was far more than, 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 than some of us feel today with our family members. And it was that feeling of, 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 of caring about actual relationships. And that was inherently a part of our tradition. It's inherently a part of our religion. Islam encourages us. I remember there was a time when, when, when I was a child, that we would love to play outdoors. Any opportunity to go outside, you know. As soon as we come back from school, somebody knocking on the door, can Rizwan come out to play? Uh, my friends would ask my parents, or me going over to my friend's house and saying, can he come out to play? We want to go outside and we want to have fun. 
Nowadays, people want to stay indoors. People are becoming more and more isolated. You see, the more we're interacting or the more interactions we have with the outside world and technology is advancing and is connecting people from all over the world in instances, in minutes, immediately in fact, in seconds, the more and more isolated we're, we're feeling. Because we're not, sometimes human, as human beings, we need physical contact. We need to be in, in the environment of, of others. There's no, I, this is why the Prophet, when I spoke about last week and I mentioned that hadith, we can use it in the same context today. Last week when we spoke about marriage, and I said that uh, the Prophet said, There's no priesthood in Islam. And I linked it to marriage, that priests don't often get married. But the Prophet said, That nikah is from my sunnah. There's no priesthood, so there's no celibacy within the religion. You could use that hadith with this also. That priests are often encouraged, in Rahmaniya, they're encouraged to remain isolated. However, it's the opposite with our tradition, with our religion. We're encouraged to engage with people, interact with people, talk to people. The Prophet when people are ill, they're encouraged to go and talk with them. When people pass away, offer them your condolences. When people get married, offer them your congratulations. For every single aspect within our lives, we're encouraged to talk to people, to, uh, to engage with people in a positive manner. So this is what I wanted to talk about today, that you know, the youth perhaps in the past and the youth now, the challenges are different. And we have to grow with those challenges. We have to find those tenable solutions. You know, people are becoming couch potatoes, they're becoming web addicts. They cannot take their faces or divert their gaze away from their phones and from their tablets. I mentioned this to you once before. I remember I went home um, on, on, on one of the weekends and my, my brothers and my grandparents, we, li we lived together and um, my brother's children, about six or seven of them, so my father's grandchildren, were sitting in a row on the sofa. And my father was sitting on one end with all of his grandchildren, ranging, ages ranging from about 10 to 2, right? Um, and each and every one of them, seven of them, and each and every one of them had an iPad in their hands. And this was early in the morning, about 9 o'clock. They had an iPad in their hands and they were just engrossed in that iPad. And I walked in and I saw my father and I just smiled. And I looked, my father looked at me and he looked at them and he just smiled and he said, look, with you guys, with you as my children, I could control it. But these are your children now, right? Your parents, you, your parents now, you should be able to control them, right? I can't tell them. I have to just show them love as their grandparent. You're the one who has to discipline them. And it amazed me. Every child, seven of them sitting there, all of them engrossed within this tablet, becoming addicted to it from a young age. Children eating, being fed by their parents, but they're looking at their screens. Not knowing where the food is going and where it's coming out of. Having no idea, no, no, uh, no concept of the world around them. Not engaging with people around them. And whether we like it or not, the cyber migration, migration is here to stay. 
It's not going to change. It's going to get worse. Like I said, you know the phones 20 years ago and the phones now? It's, there's a stark difference between technology now and technology in the past. Technology now in 10 years time is going to become antique. It's going to become ancient. So we have to evolve with the times. We have to find these tenable solutions ourselves. We have to find that right balance. The Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they adopted the path of Wusutiya, which is the middle path. Never going to one to either extreme, always adopting the middle path. Taking the technology of their time, utilizing it in the right means. Rejecting that which doesn't conform with their faith. And this is something that we need to understand. So this is why I'm going to go through very quickly some of the good aspects of the, of the time that we live in. The good of social media, the good of social networking. There's many, many benefits of this platform if they are utilized in the correct power, in the correct manner. The power it has is absolutely astounding. It can connect people, billions of people, all over the world in an instant. You want to contact somebody from here, right now, to someone on the other side of the world, all they need is an internet connection. That's it. You can contact with them directly. The power is amazing. And with great power comes great responsibility. Smile because of a Spider-Man reference. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And we have to understand that. That this power that we, this tool, this ala that we have in our hands, we have to utilize it in the right way. When we talk about the Arab Spring that took place just, many, just a few years ago, and the revolution in many of the Arab countries, when it started off in Tahrir, I remember being in Tahrir in, in, in Egypt. I was, I was in my last year there when, when the revolution began in Cairo. And how did it start off? A Facebook post, that's it. One Facebook post. And from there it encouraged hundreds of thousands, millions of people to come out onto the streets. We found that afterwards, because when we tried to use our phones, all telecommunications were cut off. We couldn't use, utilize the phones because the government realized that this is what they're using. Let's cut off, let's cut, the, let's cut it off from the, from the, uh, from the roots. So it's an amazingly powerful tool, so powerful that it, it can cause revolutions. So therefore, with that power, we have to exercise a certain amount of responsibility. The accessibility to knowledge. There was a time when Bukhari, Imam Bukhari, had to travel hundreds of miles just to listen to one hadith, one connect, one hadith from somebody who he knew or he had heard that this person had a hadith which he hadn't compiled or which he hadn't come across. Traveling hundreds of miles. This is why the Prophet ﷺ encouraged traveling in the search of knowledge. That's become almost non-existent nowadays. You know? The accessibility of knowledge. People, you know, when, when people wanted to read and gain knowledge, they had to go to, to libraries. They had to purchase books and read them. Books are antiques now. Nobody reads physical books and holds them in their hands anymore. The accessibility to knowledge is amazing. With this tablet right here, I can load up any book that I want. I can find out any information that I want. 
Anything that I need. I can ask Shaykh Google and Mufti Facebook. You know, I can give them one question and have millions of variations of the same answer. At my fingertips, knowledge is that accessible to me. But unfortunately, in, instead of us becoming more knowledgeable, it's as if with, with the accessibility to knowledge, it's as, it's as if we're becoming dumber. It's as, as if we're, 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 we're going further back. It doesn't make any sense. <coughs> this is something that we must address also. I remember when, uh, when as a student, when we were, we were studying and we had the Maurit, the, the, uh, the Arabic dictionary, to, to coming across words that we, we didn't know the meaning of and we had to go through searching through the Maurit. Now it's so easy, Google Translate. You know, anything that I want, I can find. Knowledge is accessible. Now we should utilize it for the right means, for the right things. This is an amazing tablet. This is an amazing thing. It's an amazing tool to teach your children about your religion. It's an amazing tool to encourage them to follow in the traditions of, of their forefathers, of our forefathers, our pious predecessors, who encourage people to, to engage with one another. That interaction, that's something that we need to bring back. And the bad, of course, if I was to start listing, we'd be here all day and all night because you, know, you could utilize anything for good and bad. Everything, there are, there, are, there are things that we have which have good about them, they have bad about them. There's a good side, there's an ugly side. We have to utilize. As, so as, as Muslims, our job is not just, okay, reject it, leave it, and don't turn a blind eye to it. No, utilize the good, leave the bad. That's what يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ means. Enjoin good, forbid evil. Encourage people to do good with what they have at their disposal, and forbid people, stop people from doing evil, from doing wrong. That's what this hadith means. Let me just quote you a recent survey, which was carried out that iPads and iPhones for our children are more addictive than cocaine is as a drug. It's more addictive than cocaine. I've seen the effects of that myself, personally. And it is really that addictive. Just, just try it. Go home. And if you have children, just turn off, turn, off, turn off the Wi-Fi. Turn off the Wi-Fi for a few hours. Just turn it off. And see the effect that it has. Suddenly people will start, like tortoises, coming out of their shells. You know, you'll see people who you haven't seen for, for a long time. A recent survey at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, a study revealed that young adults suggested that heavy social media users were three times more likely to, do, to, be depressed, to be depressed than the occasional users. So if you're constantly engaged in social media, you're three times more likely to fall into depression than the average user who, use, who uses it when he or she needs to. A Canadian study from the Centre of Addictions and Mental Health examined data from over 10,000 adolescents. So 10,000 young adults and found that young people who use social media more than two hours per day were significantly more likely to rate their mental health as fair or poor. So those individuals, those 10,000 people who use social media more than two hours a day, they, were, they themselves regarded their own mental health as poor. So they admit that fact, they understand that. Because it, sometimes it makes them feel that way. It makes them feel... the, the, the 
You know, we live in a, in, in a world where so self-worth and self-esteem are, are connected to how others feel about us now and not the way we feel about ourselves. Before it was self-esteem means self-esteem, the way you feel about yourself. Self-worth, the way how you feel your worth, how much you're worth. Now we judge our self-esteem and our self-worth on other people. How they view us, how they look at us. And then our mental state is in accordance with that. So if people think we're good people, then we feel good. If people think that we're bad people or we're unattractive people, then we start to feel ugly and unattractive about ourselves. And this is uh, one of the dangers and the ills of social media. For our children, online grooming is a massive issue. It's a massive problem. Online grooming uh, for, um, for the wrong reasons when it comes to the recent case that you've heard of, of, of this, this, this young girl, Muslim girl, who was stripped of, of, uh, of her citizenship. Why? Because at the age of 14, 15, she was groomed online to go to fight in ISIS in, 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 in Syria. This is, this is an issue, it's a problem. You know, people, bad people are using the same tool to, to encourage our children to do evil and to do wrong. And we have to be mindful of that. It's our job to protect them. Sexual predatory. Sexual predators online. You'll find them everywhere. You know, trying to groom young children. It's happening. So many cases. Thousands of cases, in fact, in the UK. UK is number one for the most cases of, of, of online grooming. In, in the whole world. And this is something that we need to understand. And we need to protect our children from online gaming. People are becoming addicted to online gaming. It's res result, uh, resulting in psychological problems, financial problems. You know, there was a time when people, when they would gamble away their money when they had money with them. <coughs> so they would take their weekly earnings or their monthly earnings and go to wherever they went and they gambled their money away and they came back, having lost it. Now people are gambling away online money that they don't even own. That they don't even have, that they borrowed from so many different places. People have credit card bills stacked up. Are drowned in financial issues. This is something that we need to protect and teach our children from a young age how to utilize this tool in the right manner. That disconnect from reality that our children are facing Right? Uh, uh, we're supposed to be teaching our children to engage with others, encouraging them to talk to people. <clears throat> Why? Because talking, that physical uh, uh, companionship, it, it, it alleviates mental struggles and mental health. It has an impact on it, a positive impact. And, 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 and isolation begins to have a negative impact. So we have to encourage our children to come out of their shelves. Uh, their shells. Uh, a, a, an increase in inactivity. More and more people who are gaming online, who are spending their time on social media and are constantly engaged uh, on, on social media. Throughout the day, they're sleeping less, which is not good for the bodies, it's not good for the mind. They're remaining inactive, which is clearly not good for the bodies. Uh, again, UK, um, uh, the rise of obesity in children is more than any other country in the world. Inactivity, not going out, not, not remaining active. 
You know, we all know that saying, healthy body, healthy mind. And we need to encourage our children to remain healthy physically in order for them to be healthy um, mentally and psychologically. An increase in psychological problems in children. We're finding this more and more. Young children, as young as six and seven, needing to see psychologists. You know, it's, it's becoming more and more common. People, young children feeling bad about themselves. Online bullying. Online bullying re- has resulted in so many tragedies already. Just recently there was a young boy in Bradford, 11 years old, who committed suicide because he was bullied online. These are dangers that our children are facing. Children as young as 9, 10, 11 years old. And it's imperative that we start this, this, uh, to find this balance from a young age. Utilize social media as a tool for good. Protect them from what's bad. That's your job and your duty. Eventually there's going to come a point when it's going to be beyond your control. When they turn into adults, they're going to make decisions for themselves. So while you've got this responsibility and you've got a chance from a young age to encourage them to do good and to stay away from what's bad, do that. Provide that platform for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our, our young uh, adults, our, our children, may Allah protect all of us from the dangers of the society and the times that we live in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the encouragement to utilize the tools that we have at our disposal for good.